Welcome to the You Collective podcast. You Collective is an open platform democratizing the voice of individuals with achievement and impact, and providing a window into these pathmakers. With us today is Patricia Bailey. Patricia, thanks for joining us as a pathmaker at You Collective. Thank you so much for having me. To start with, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do and your prior experience? Right. Okay. So、um, I just started a new position with Empire State Development, which is the economic development arm of the state of New York.、Um, what I do is、uh, I help technology companies that are looking at expanding in、uh, the, uni- uh, the New York State area、um, help them find incentives to help them grow here. So often. They'll be looking at other locations because perhaps、uh, you know working、uh, in New York is a bit expensive. So what we do is we help them find maybe like tax incentives or help them access resources to talent to help them grow in New York State.、Um, but before that, I actually kind of it was a bit of a, a weird journey getting there.、Um, funny enough, I actually graduated.、Uh, You know, with a bachelor of arts in、uh, Spanish language literature, and I, I think I never had ever envisioned myself working in、uh, business development, let alone for、uh, state government. But、uh, my background really started、um, when I graduated、um, from Whitman College in Walla Walla, Washington.、Uh, that's the other side of the country, and I.、Um, Was really inspired by a study abroad experience I had in Spain,、um, and I really saw my path going down as a photographer, specifically a photojournalist. So, my final year in、um, at Whitman, I was planning on、um, you know going perhaps abroad again、um, and working as a photojournalist.、Um, so, one of those first experiences I had to actually kind of make me decide to not do that was、um, I worked for the Union Bulletin. Um, it's a Walla Walla、um, newspaper, and、um, had a, had a mentor there who basically told me, like, you know, it's a great idea if you want to do photojournalism, but you basically have to go to a war torn country to、uh, make a name for yourself. So that basically quickly、um, was taken off the、uh, option list. So、um, I still wanted to pursue a career in photography, so I went ahead and uh, decided to uh, move to New York. Um, a year after graduating,、um, just to try to make it there. So,、uh, really started my my time in New York City、um, as a photographer,、uh, rather photo editor. I did everything I could to、uh, work in photography,、um, including you know just cleaning up after photo shoots for free,、um, and uh, you know uh, doing a day job just to make ends meet, but really、um, doing everything I could to be in the photo scene. So. That was kind of like my first step into、um, you know a full time position in, in photography in New York City. So that gradually made its way through to、um, uh, working editorial. I was able to get a position as an assistant photo editor at a、um, Spanish speaking language magazine, which was kind of an amazing fit since I did have something that was relevant, i.e., my、uh, my Spanish language、uh, major. So、um, I was able to kind of leverage that and to work into this、uh, magazine, which was then kind of like the entry to actually a legitimate、um, career in photography, which I did until two thousand and eight. After that,、um, the economy, as I think we all know, was not doing so well. I was working at that time in stock photography, which is、um, photography made in anticipation of、um, usage. So.、Um, 
you know, we would shoot photos of, you know, uh, people at an office, you know, very generic stuff that we would then resell to somebody who could use it um, for either some sort of ad or in a, a magazine editorial. So um, it really wasn't uh, bespoke photography, but rather, you know, uh, photography made um to try to sell to somebody who would use it and I'm just like off the shelf. So, um, that, um, whole economy is going, um, or industry rather was, was being turned on its shoulders because it really was, um, a photographer's world up until about the mid, uh, two thousands. And then with the advent of, you know, accessible digital, uh, cameras, um, you know, home software that you could really do your own editing, um, almost everybody could get in that game. So, um, as an editor in stock photography, really we were seeing that there wasn't much, um, you know, future, at least for me, um, for growth in that industry. So I decided to go back to school, uh, and get a, um, a business degree. So, uh, in 2008, I went to Barcelona to attend, um, IESE, which is, um, business school, um, kind of with the idea that it'd be great to return to Spain to, you know, uh, you know, get back to my, my undergraduate roots. And I of course had wonderful memories of being in Spain and, um, it was completely, uh, 180 of what I had experienced before as an undergraduate. It was a very difficult school. Um, you know, they expected a lot from you. Uh, I did, I decided to do the, the classes in Spanish as well, which was really tough because I had only really studied, uh, language arts in Spanish. So I was studying, theater and movies and, and, and such. And now I had to understand was what NPV was in Spanish. So I, I really struggled. But um, after two years, probably the most difficult two years of my life, I graduated and um, really kind of was inspired to, to um, you know, continue with this challenge because even though it was probably the hardest two years of my life, it was the most rewarding. So of course, I graduated in 2010, beginning of another, you know, the recession was still pretty tough, if not worse by then. And um, I came back to New York and uh, didn't really have any, many opportunities for a job. But uh, during my time at ESA, actually, the um, right before I graduated, I entered a business plan competition, um, which was aimed towards international students, ironically enough, um, by the city of New York. I found out about it and actually got a few of my classmates to enter it with me, and we proposed the idea of a bike share program in New York City, which I always felt um, living here uh, was something that we really needed. So uh, we put the plan together and actually made it to the final rounds um, and presented in front of a um, a group of uh, VCs. Um, it was just so much experience in you know a six month period. We you know put together this really strong business plan, really had uh, great advisors, especially in the operations department, um, did a lot of research throughout uh, Spain um, to find uh, distributors uh, who were already running bike share programs that could also help us with the hardware and software. So we really made, you know, I felt like um, we're starting a business. So having got to the final rounds in New York, um, we didn't win the first prize, but we did get to present, uh, you know, we're we were awarded um, second place by uh, Mayor Bloomberg at the time, um, and then uh, we actually got twenty thousand um, dollars, you know, s as seed money to start the business. So, um, of course, in two thousand ten, I didn't graduate with a job from ESA, but um, I did have an opportunity to use this money to start this business. So, my partners and I decided to go ahead, and move forward with it. So, I moved to New York uh, with this in mind. 
and I think we, we were able to get pretty far. We got about, I think, six months into it. Um, we were getting traction and had a really good strategy of how we would um, get a pilot program together when an RFP, a request for proposal, was released uh, by the city of New York to get a bike share started. And uh, unfortunately, we didn't have the funding at the time to really get that going. So we uh, had to, you know, say goodbye to the, the idea. Uh, and, uh, you know, as a courtesy, I just called a lot of our supporters and let them know that we were uh, ramping everything down. And funny enough, uh, the New York City Economic Development Corporation, which had run the business plan competition, said, you know, sorry to hear that, but we are hiring if you're interested. So this really did start my career um, in economic development. So I, I was there with the New York City Economic Development Corporation, EDC, for two and a half years. Um, I was then uh, recruited by the British Consulate to do uh, similar work for the UK, and I was with them for two and a half years. And I just started now with Empire State Development, doing economic development uh, for technology companies. So in a roundabout way, that is what I do, and that's how I got there. And in in different ways that the dots connected and the bike share program that you envisioned was somewhat a precursor to the current city uh, bike sharing program today. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as you said, that kind of uh, continued uh, to help you uh, in your, in your current roles. So as you kind of look at your path uh, today, very diverse, a very interesting what are some of the attributes if you uh, will have to pick that really kind of carry you through these different uh, opportunities um, and uh, make you to say that uh, this is something that I can do mm-hmm. um, and uh, I want to do? Mm-hmm. Um, I think a strong sense of stubbornness <laughs> it helps. Uh, not really taking no for an answer um, when you think it looks dim, like just really wanting to explore all options before uh, giving up, which is always difficult. Um, having a vision. Uh, I just remember walking down the street um, when we were working on the bike share program and just, you know, even with my partner, we're talking about how excited it will be to like see somebody get on one of our bikes, you know, and just, we had such a strong vision of that. And I think that really carried us through a lot of what we were um the struggles we were going through, um, and um, and in in the sense of fearlessness, really, I think um, you know we all have a sense of you know someone's going to uh, think negatively of us if we we go out there and and um, you know really you know go forward and and try to convince somebody or sell something because I'm not a, I don't see myself as a natural salesperson, um, but when especially when you're working on your own business, you really have to be convinced and you have to be a little bit, you know, um, cocky about how you're moving forward with that. So just stepping out of that comfort zone of what makes you, you know, where you normally stand. And like, for me, that happens to be doing sales, um, and just really pitching something. Um, so that sense of fearlessness is, I think is really important in being able to get out of your comfort zone. That's very helpful. You made very strategic pivots, um, and along the way, different steps help pave the next step. Right. Mm-hmm. You you talked about education, you talked about uh, working for the UK government, working for uh, this New York State government. Mm-hmm. For the audience here at You Collective, what are some of the advice that you will give uh, them if they were thinking about making pivots, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's pursuing education 
or perhaps changing an industry. Some, you know, in your case, is from being a, a photographer, editor, um, to uh, helping uh, communities and building communities. Right. It's funny you say strategic pivot because at the time they really did not feel very strategic. <laughs> they just felt like, what am I doing with my life? I need to do something. You, do, you know, that you always have that sense that you need to change. And I think there is uh, intuition that we all have that we don't often listen to because our logic tells us otherwise. You need to have that paycheck. You know, how are you going to pay rent? How are you going to eat? You know, uh, you, what are you doing if you move? You can't think that way. But when you feel it, you know, your intuition is telling you something's not right. I think, you know, you really should give that second uh, notion uh, more consideration. Um, for me, um, I know, you know, when when I was working as a photographer and, and things were just not looking great, it just, it wasn't so much that, I mean, my job was stable and, you know, the, the company's still there and I would probably still have that job if I had stayed there. But something just didn't feel right for me. And I think there was a certain sense of like, this can't be how I continue. Um, this is just not my path. And there's just something internally that I just felt that that was there. Um, and then when I did the bike share program, definitely the, there was the excitement beyond, behind that. And there really was, um, you know, I knew that when I was building something, that was my path. Um, but obviously, you know, logic did intervene there and say, you know, there really isn't anything we can do after the RFP came out. So that's why you had to give that up. But, um, but I think when I got the job with um, EDC, that, and then I basically ended up helping other companies build and strategically find, you know, ways to grow. It, that's when it dawned on me, like, it wasn't the bike share that was my path, but it was getting to EDC and getting into economic development was my path. So, you know, it's it, it's a weird way of how I got there. Um, you know, definitely, I always thought of myself as a very logical person who would plan everything out, and I still plan everything out. But, um, you know, there's definitely giving some wiggle room to intuition and letting know when you should let go is something important that you should also look to because you never know where that's going to lead you. And I think that's kind of how, you know, I was led to where I am now. Well, Patricia, thank you so much for sharing your story and uh, for being here. And uh, we look forward to seeing you charging ahead and building communities and policies for the state of New York. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thanks.